0: Richard's
1: trying to scoot
2: in there alone, and
1: pinball for the crease, scores! Uh, let's get it. Oh my, oh my god! Here we go, here we go. You want to listen to the Past the Blues Podcast.
2: When you're to come to a score! With your hosts, Derek. How you gonna get it, brother? John. How'd it play Johnny? Eat up, brother!
1: Matt Casey. Unnecessary, but totally necessary. And What's not to love?
3: What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Pod
2: Street Police. My name is Derek. I got a friend named Derek Bond. He used to steal Gable and Rob. He thought he was. A- oh, what is happening? what's up, buddy? He's in the jailhouse now. I'm John. How's it going, everybody? Yeah, I'm definitely not in
3: jail. I wouldn't be able to do know. this if I was. You'll
2: look like you should be in jail.
3: No one in jail looks this good, let's be honest. I don't
2: know. It looks like you've been sleeping in a trunk for four weeks. I might have been. <laughs> we'll anyway.
3: To talk to my wife I, about why she kicked me out of I'm the house John. first off. But, uh, yes, John is here. Derek is here. We also are joined by Hoagie. What's up, man?
1: What's going on? It seems like this, uh, this episode is going way off the charts already. Thanks, John. You're welcome.
3: This is what John's good for. This is why we keep him around. Uh, This is why I'm here to reel things back in. So uh, Matt Casey is also joining us as well.
0: What's up, everybody? Missed you all last week.
3: Yes, Matt pulled a John last week, so uh, he's back. That's good. And hopefully he doesn't miss too many episodes, or we're going to have to cut him loose. Uh, But anyways, Uh, we'll address that behind the scenes. Call me Weekend Dad. (laughs) Call (laughs) me Weekend Dad. Oh, man. It's good to have all four of us back together just like a lovely psb reunion. Oh, yep. guys. And a week full of hockey. I mean, I haven't had this in a long time, so how's I mean, that's been pretty nice.
2: Well, I mean, we get to get our fix in and then it's Flyers after dark for the next week. <laughs> yes. I guarantee I'm not watching that stuff. Oh boy.
3: Not looking forward to it, that's for sure. I'm already losing enough sleep as it is.
2: I'm
0: yeah, not what, watching what's... a minute. The worst is like when you wake up at like 1230 at night and then you're like, oh, let me take a piss. And then you're like, oh, let me just look at my phone real quick. And there's like 10 minutes left in the third. It's game, and You're like, let me, <laughs> let me let me let me turn this on. Life does not appreciate that very much.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I try to stay up, but man, it, it, I can't. I'm, I'm not even going to do it. I maybe I might watch the first period. Might.
2: Dude, by the end of this show, I'm reeling, ready to go to bed. You think I'm staying up until 10 o'clock to watch a game? Well, that was out of the question.
1: I need a I warm wouldn't. glass of milk to help me get to sleep. <laughs> I mean, definitely not staying up for Wednesday's game with the freaking Oilers. We're just going to get stomped on in that game.
3: Have some faith, Hoagie. Good God.
1: Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't
2: even care who we're playing. I haven't even looked at the schedule. I just know Flyers After Dark. I've, this week doesn't even happen for me.
3: I mean, this week should have given you a little bit of faith. I mean, come on. They did pretty good, I think, at least. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Christ. first couple, or The first game this week was the Kraken game. They won 6-1, to one, which it was a shit-stomping, and it should have been, uh, thank God, because I'm glad we got back at Dave Haxtell. Not that we needed to, but, yeah, it was nice to kick his teeth in. It was very nice. <laughs> <laughs> Not condoning actually kicking someone's teeth in, but you get the picture. Um then they take on the Boston Bruins in a game everybody was like didn't know what was gonna happen, and they beat the Bruins. Fantastic. Tom and then they Jones lose to the Panthers. Net. Tom Jones in net. It's not unusual, <laughs>
2: not unusual. But it happened. They did beat the Bruins. Um sidebar. Sidebar, real quick. Casey, oh, God, you're gonna dude. love this. So we're watching the game. Tom Jones is in net. Right. Carrie's like, Who's that guy? I'm like, Martin Jones, and she goes. Martin Jones and what? me. I was like, oh no.
1: Oh, oh, yeah. oh
2: How good is it gonna like
0: how do I get that to duda- somebody? It'd be like Martin Jones makes a glove save, the whole crowd is just
2: Sha la 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 la
1: yeah. You gotta to be there. Quiet.
3: You've gotta be there and you gotta start it.
2: I'm uh, telling you. Hoagie's like, You ever hear that black crow song?
1: <laughs> I did not tweet that, that was Derek.
2: I don't <laughs> recall.
3: That was Hoagie
1: it was <laughs> not me was not on the that night.
3: <laughs> I I definitely didn't tweet that I can tell you that right now that was all Hoagie. um That's... now that he's got the keys to the kingdom but <laughs> Derek that was you no absolutely not yes, it was. That's <laughs> Deny, twisted, deny deny come on it's great though isn't it now we can blame Hoagie for everything that tweets out from our account
2: <laughs> yeah but I got that like Hoagie's like 16. I I got that he didn't know who the counting crows were, but I figured check, you would
3: check the timestamp. If it was any time after like eight o'clock, I was probably already buzzed. So I cannot be held responsible for things. I tweet while under the influence,
2: All right, fine. especially from an account
3: should... where it's one of four people, you know,
2: right? Somebody doesn't like that.
3: Someone doesn't like what that I tweeted out it was the black crows instead of the counting crows.
2: Yeah. No, no, that there's four of us.
3: Oh, damn. That sucks. Anyways, anyway. moving on. We uh, yes, we went 2-1 one, and 1 this week. Uh or 2 2-1, two 2-1 and 0. One, one, oh. I'm counting the Dude, Vancouver game.
1: What?
2: what is happening right now? <laughs> two,
3: Let's restart one, here. Right? We are 2-1 <laughs> one, and 1. We went 2-1 yes. and 0 oh this week. Yep. If John would have just shut the hell up for a second here, um I'd have figured it out on my own. But takeaways from this week. John, we're going to do the round table again. Let's talk about what stuck out good bad ugly whatever uh tell us about it
2: i mean for me the biggest takeaway is the fact that the new additions are putting their stamp on this team right away i mean cam atkinson what has four goals already Brassard? what like where the (laughs) hell did this guy come from centering the second line and freaking killing it the best line on the team um ryan ellis i mean this has been ryan ellis's decor except for you know now he's hurt um, just every new addition from Nick Sealer to Nate Thompson, just they're making their presence known now. And you can tell just a really drastic difference with this, the energy surrounding this team because of it. So I have a lot to say here, but I figured that that was just a good way to kick it off.
3: I will wrongfully admit that I chose Adam Clendenning over Sealer. And I'm here to apologize for that. I love that guy. I love Sealer, like fantastic, just perfect mentality for this team. Awesome stuff. Like I, I'm glad to admit that I was wrong there. That's my two cents on that. So, Hoagie Casey, what do you guys think about all this?
1: Uh, I'll, I'll pick it up. I mean, I'm going to add in Jones as a notable newcomer as well for you, John. I mean, he he played kinda lights out against the Bruins going nine two five save percentage with thirty seven saves on forty shots. Like that's that's pretty good, especially against the Bruins. So that's that's kind of my newcomer there. But I kinda wanna just point out the veterans as well this past week. You had Farabee with three goals, three assists, Couturier, one goal, four assists, Drew, three goals and assists. He's been just on fire lately. I love right. to see it with Drew. And then TK's picking up where he left off two years ago with three goals and assists. So I, I'm excited to see that our veteran core that we can call these guys our core are still driving this team which is exciting
3: how about you matt casey
0: yeah i mean echoing everything the guy said i'm not going to repeat all the names but it just feels like a new energy and i i look back at the boston you know at the end of the second it was three three and i think boston had just scored and i think i even texted you guys i was like this doesn't feel right and it's because we're battered you know, orphaned children after <laughs> last year. And we, we we expected Boston to come out and beat the living crap out of us in yep. the third period. It was vice versa. Um, mm-hmm. I think we we played our game. We capitalized on, on uh, turnovers and on mistakes that they made. We made very little mistakes. You know, could it have gone the other way? Certainly. Absolutely. But ultimately, you end up with a 6-3 win. On Boston, I'm able to talk shit to my friend and saying, "Hey, was that your varsity team out there tonight?" <laughs> because I, I don't know, we do, we just doubled you up. Um, and so I just—it's a year ago, and I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna preface this a year I would say last March or last February we do not win that game. There's right. no way we win that game. Um, and so it's just a different energy. It's it's you know it, it's good to see. I'm still like a little bit like hesitant to be a full believer but I'm very encouraged to see what I see
3: the one thing that sticks out to me I think the most at least there's so many things that stick out but Travis connect me so in past conversations we've had about him and this probably dates back to like a year and a half ago We talked about how in an expanded role and with more time on ice, Travis Konechny was going to do better and play up to his potential. We're now seeing that with three goals, one assist. He's a point-per-game player. Obviously, it's only four games, but he's almost averaging 17 minutes a night. So compare that to his typical 14, 15 minutes like he was seeing these past couple seasons. If we see this type of consistency from him we're going to see him take that next step that everybody's been talking about whether or not he'd be able to. So it's fun for me to see that. And I hope that he can keep up this type of pace because, I mean, if we have Konechny return, a guy like Atkinson and Farabee, which is another topic we can touch on here later down the road, like these guys are electric. Uh, Atkinson and Farabee together alone are just like, I'm amazed at how quickly that chemistry has developed. But, you're seeing guys step up in big ways and it's it, it's fun again. It is so much fun.
2: Right, right. Well, and to add to that, too, Derek, one thing that I've noticed is this team desperately missed fans in the stands. Oh, you yes. can you can feel the energy that they're feeding off of when the fans get into it. I mean, the intensity just seems to shake through the building. You know, those moments like Nate Thompson fighting that one guy or Sealer ripping the the freaking ref out of the way to go fight (laughs) the giant Alexiak. Like, I almost can't visualize that happening with the Flyers with nobody in the building. It's almost just like they need one another. And the team just seems like a completely different group. Like, I think, Hoagie, you were saying it. You know, shout out to the veterans. They almost feel new too it, yeah. it's like i'm watching just a brand new team all all around
1: yeah.
3: right jeru looks rejuvenated rejuvenated i mean he, yeah. he's found a shot rejuvenated rejuvenated oh coin that one straight fire straight <laughs> maybe, fire maybe john straight
1: fire yeah <laughs> fire. Um. <Retreat>. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, no, I mean, to your point, yeah, he looks like a like a new guy, like a younger Giroux now. And I think, you know, you can attribute it to being the contract here, obviously, basically playing for a contract. But for the first time, I feel like in his entire career, he's got more goals than assists, <laughs> which is nice.
0: I, I feel like going on Giroux, I feel like you can see he's noticeably pissed. Like, I feel like he's noticeably, like, energized and like in a good way about last year and saying like this is not who we are this is not the team that I am the captain of like I want to I want to change that right now and whether that's dropping bombs over Bobrovsky's shoulder or you know doing whatever he needs to do you just see it's very serious with him and I think that's that's great to see he can you know you can pass over the the Chuckle nut stuff to to Yandel and and you know all those other guys who are like having a good time. Like a Drew's the here to win. And if he's not gonna win this year, I think we're gonna see him out of here. But like he is here to win and he wants to win right now.
3: Mm -hmm. A serious jeru is a dangerous Drew. Right.
0: Right.
1: And like you guys were saying, you can see it in his face. Like every time he scores a goal, it reminds me of ten years ago, Drew, when he's potting big goals against Pittsburgh in the playoff. Like he doesn't smile when he scores. He doesn't Exactly. Okay. He's just, okay. He's just, yeah. Right. It's like, holy he mm-hmm. smokes. But also, John, I want to feed off of you when uh, when you say like they feed off the fans. I just rewatched last night's like, preview of Atkinson scoring that shorthanded. Before he's even in the zone, the whole stadium erupted. Like they knew that he was scoring that goal, and like mm-hmm. I think that just played into the into the fact that, he knew he's about to score that goal because it was just huge for that team. Right. And one thing I want to add
2: before we go away from Giroux, too, is this thought kind of came to my head yesterday, and I, I know it's kind of like drama, TMZ bit, but you got to wonder if there was a Jake Voracek effect with Giroux. You know, I, watching how he plays right now compared to how he played when Voracek was on the ice, there was just this very lackadaisical aura about the whole thing whenever he was on the ice, and I think it was more like bro time. But with Jake not being here, I do think that there's just a level of seriousness that it didn't exist last year that Jeru is able to kind of like take that mindset and put it in the past. I, I don't know if anybody else is noticing that or if they even thought to kind of tie the two together, but I'm just wondering if there's a Voracek effect there.
1: There's got to so be. I, I have, I have similar scenario, but with TK with Nolan Patrick gone, the bro time's gone and he's playing like he should be playing. Well, think
3: about it. I mean, the turnover this offseason, like that right there tells every player that remains and every player that was brought in that it's, it's business. Like, this is business. This isn't about, you know, your buddies meeting up for a couple hours every night, playing a game and just, you know, going having a couple drinks afterwards. This is business. This is the NHL. They're there to win a cup. And I think that the mentality, and obviously it's part, or, part of a bigger discussion, that mentality has changed in a drastic way. And for the better. Yeah, but yeah, I I I don't
0: know if it's if it's I'm sure that the the, uh, the Patrick and the Voracek factor could be in there, but I think it's just an overall uh, attitude overhaul that Chuck had in mind, and sure. he kept the players that he thought fit the mold, and he got rid of the ones who didn't. And right. <laughs> I, you know, I think the ones you mentioned certainly fall in that. But um, I think it goes even beyond just those two players. I think
2: it was an overall team mentality. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. I guess I just wonder how much they played a role into that mentality. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. Of course.
3: No, fair question. I think uh, I want to touch on Hoagie's point here. He was talking about Atkinson. Sh- Atkinson's shorthanded goal. And I want to touch on kind of a larger thing. So I kind of foreshadowed it earlier with the Atkinson, Farabee Broussard line. We're seeing the type of chemistry between Joel Farabee and Cam Atkinson that you see out of guys who have been playing together for years. Um, the way Atkinson could gather that puck after Farabee tied up the stick of that defender and then Atkinson just shot out of a cannon right away on the shorthanded goal. I mean, these guys all together are fantastic. Like I, I'm just in all of the fact that they clicked so quickly. And I mean, is this something do you guys, uh, I'll start with you, Matt Casey. Like, do you think this is something that they're going to be able to sustain the entirety of the season?
0: Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I, you know, I've heard that A.V. likes to put his lines together with two players in mind, whether that's two wingers or a winger in a center, whatever it is, and then try to find a third player to match those two players. I think Atkinson and Farabee are certainly like two players that are complementing and playing very well together. I don't want to discount Broussard's contribution to all of this because I think that's a really pleasant surprise for a sure. sub-million dollar contract that we're getting, and it's like... Good for you, man. Like way to grab the ball by the horns and take the opportunity back when you have it. With that said, do I see that line as a whole going through a full eighty-two? Probably not. I think we're probably gonna end up seeing some kind of variation in there. But it's good to see, you know, the first what four games to see chemistry like that develop so quickly when I feel like my biggest concern going into this, what number one was goaltending, but number two was how are we gonna get scoring and that team and whether we wanna all call it the fab line and be like me, me, me fab line, great. But like, you know, the the fab line of being very opportunistic and and answering the bell and getting some goals, that's great to see. I'm not gonna complain about that. We'll see what happens down the road.
2: And one quick thing to add to I think it's like eight players have are at going at a point per game or better pace right now mm-hmm. Yep, which is pretty amazing
3: yeah pretty pretty good
2: and then can i add to a, about the line really quick while you're I've, done I've adding I've taken, right now while i've, while I've stolen the, the sound time <laughs> or air time whatever they call this um what i find is that like a good line it's there's some saying right the sum of its parts or the whole thing is as good as the sum of its parts or something. Full yeah, of you nailed it. Yeah, that was a yeah. great, great, great one. That was That's a good fun. one. <laughs> <laughs> but what you're looking at, I think, is two players in Atkinson and Farabee that are making Broussard better. Like, they're making this guy look like a second-line center when he's clearly not. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, to see whether or not they stay together, I would love for them to keep clicking to the point where when Hayes comes back, you don't have to throw him into that second line center role. Like, give him a few games at that 3C with a little bit less playing time Mm -hmm. because you trust Broussard there. But where
0: does Morgan Frost fit? Ah, Where does he fit? I'll tell
2: you where he fits.
3: (laughs) With the Phantoms. Anyways, Hoagie your take on all of this here with the Atkinson and Farabee chemistry.
1: Oh, I mean Atkinson and Farabee, they've just been exciting night in and night out. I even last night like during the, like the last couple minutes when they're trying to trying to screw together a goal or something that they're just making passes that I couldn't even imagine they they could make. They're just like throwing it behind their back and someone's grabbing it. It's insane. Um so I it's really exciting to have a second line that is producing the way they are, because for so long we haven't had something like this. And mm-hmm. like our second line's more been like a defensive type of aspect, and this line is like they're out there to score goals, and it's it's awesome to see. Yeah, for sure. Some people wait a lifetime
2: for a moment
3: like this. Waited a lifetime for you to stop singing during these shows <laughs> and look at where it's gotten us. Um, anyways, so to me. the Boston game, I want to touch on that specifically because it mm-hmm. kind of has to do with a greater thing with goaltending. We all were worried about Martin Jones because of what we saw in the preseason, what we saw even before he joined this team. <laughs> I just thought, I mean, are we past the point of worrying or is this just kind of a blip on the radar?
2: No, no, don't get don't just all of a sudden stop worrying. I mean, it was nice that he had one good game. Um, he played like a serviceable backup, which is mm-hmm. a great thing to see. But it's one game. Mm-hmm. I mean, he if he has the next game he plays is a clunker, I'm going to completely forget about the game that he had against Boston. So I would still be apprehensive, but it was a nice first sign for sure.
3: Mm-hmm. Hoagie, what do you
2: think?
1: I mean, it's the same thing that we said about Hart in the in the first game against Vancouver. It was his first game. Like, right. it, it's similar scenarios. We were up, we were leading the game, and they came back and tied it, or whatever, what have you. But I mean, sim- same scenario. One game. Let's see what happens. I think we'll probably see him start on probably Thursday. Because I think I we, won't see
2: it. Well, it won't exist.
1: The NHL will see Martin Jones probably start Thursday. Cause I would, I can't imagine us throwing Martin Jones to the. Freaking Oilers with McDavid and uh, Drysidle. So,
3: oh, why not? Boy, <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Matt Casey?
0: Yeah, I mean, he made the saves that he needed to make against Boston, and let you know, Boston, in my opinion, is not a four deep team, four line deep team, but they are a arguably one of the best lines in the NHL, you know, mm-hmm. deep team and you know a, a very good second line and there were a couple couple saves he made in there especially early where you're like man like that you know that's that's some solid stuff there so i don't need martin jones to be spectacular i right. need him to be to make the saves he needs to make um and it, he did that in boston and as you guys said it, it's a small sample size He's going to get one of the two starts. It's what's what Edmonton then Calgary or Edmonton, Vancouver. It's I don't know.
1: Vancouver.
0: If you, if you waterboarded me, I couldn't pick out Edmonton on a friggin' map. So, <laughs> you know, <whatever. laughs> uh, so I, I, you know, he's going to get one of those starts. We'll see what happens. But I mean, again, I'm encouraged. It's just a small sample size.
2: Sure. Right. And, and again, too, the team is playing better in front of right. the goalies. You know, like that's something we didn't see last year Mm -hmm. team team defense.
0: And like, you know, not only the defenders, but you see it. There was a play and I can't remember what it must have been the Boston game where JVR got knocked down and he actually busted his ass to get back and back check. And it's like something like that from a veteran like that, you know, showing that what happens when you go back and back check. I think that's the mentality that this team is taking. Um and, you know, it, it, again, it's encouraging to see there. Mm-hmm.
3: Right. Now we flip over to Carter Hart. Uh, we saw him make two starts this past week, and he did pretty well. The game against Seattle, he played really well. Game against the Panthers, I thought at least he started strong. I think he looked great, comfortable in the net. Um, that one goal, I think it was Huberto on the shorthanded goal. It's just that that, that crappy bounce where he made the fantastic initial stop. Um, he just ended up in the back of the net. but. Overall, your guys' assessment of Carter Hart's performance so far this season, John, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's been solid enough. You know, I mean, I think that obviously that game against the Kraken, that remarkable save completely changes the swing of the game, and all of a sudden we're dropping a six-bomb, you know, on the Kraken. Um, but even against Florida, Florida is a really good team. I mean, it, it's... Yeah. It's probably not a team I'm gonna watch much of because like, they're the Florida Panthers. I mean, they have Nala from The Lion King as their uh their logo, which <laughs> is kinda weird. <laughs> but but, re- but regardless, um I mean Carter Hart, I I don't know, I think he's been playing fine. But again, like the team has been playing better around him too. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's like I just don't think this is the kind of guy who can stand on his head. And completely win games all the time for us, like he would have had to do last year. So right now, the team's playing better; he's playing better. Yeah. How about you, Hoagie?
1: uh he looks completely different from last year. I mean, it, it, we've only seen him three games, but he looks resilient. He still looks like he looks like the goaltender that we saw two years ago when uh when COVID COVID hit us. But I mean, he looks confident. He's he's challenging players to shoot on him. He's, he's coming to the top of the crease and, and making them take a shot. So I, I love to see it. Um, I also think the defense around him has kind of helped him see the puck better, but I also think even the forwards are even coming down to help out clear players and, and get in ways so that he can still make a save and, and keep, and keep the play uh, in their favor.
3: Absolutely. Good points. How about you, Matt Casey? Um,
1: like it, agree with all the points.
0: I will say that, to date, we're at what four unlucky bounces for Carter Hart in terms of goals. At some point, the unlucky bounces—that's no longer an excuse. And you know, I look at who was it Huberto who scored on um, that that short-handed goal the other night. Yeah, great play by him. Could Carter have done something different? Probably not. But like, that's an unlucky balance. I look at a couple of the ones that happened in, uh, was it Vancouver? I guess or yeah, Vancouver. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah the, those those were unlucky. But like, it's much better. I, I'm I'm not nearly as concerned as I was even a month ago about the goaltending. Um, and so again, encouraged by it. But I want to see those quote unquote unlucky bounces start becoming once every four games versus three times in four games
3: Sure, all good points
2: can i tell you a quick panther story really fast which i, I thought was pretty funny go good so i was gonna do it anyway but <laughs> no. my, my four-year-old reagan she goes through these phases and, and this new phase seems to be like her obsession with sports and she really has, like, a photographic memory. Like, when she sees a team or a player, she remembers it. So, like, 1-4, Sean Couturier, 7-9, Carter Hart. Um, I can't remember what she called Travis was Garvis Konechny. 1-1 was Garvis Konechny. <laughs> but it's the same thing with teams. So, we were watching the Eagles a few weeks ago. They were playing the Panthers. She wanted to know the name of that team. Tell you know, tell her. So every time she sees it on ESPN, she goes, oh the Panthers. Same thing with the Falcons, right? So last night we're watching the Flyer game, and she goes, "Who are the, who are they playing, Daddy?" And I said, "Oh, they're playing the Panthers." And she looked at me, like somebody just told her that Santa Claus is not real. She was <laughs> like, "Daddy, Daddy, the Panthers—they're a football team." I know,
1: oh, idiot. <laughs> <laughs>
2: No, Ray. They're a football team. She's So what's the name of the hockey team? The Panthers. <laughs> they're the Florida Panthers. No. No, they're not. <laughs> no, they're not. She was so upset oh. about this idea that there could be another Panthers out there. You know, she was just like the world has lied to her. Like, is there more than one Flyers, too? Oh.
1: Wait, but it was, it...
2: <laughs> what is it, University of Dayton? Is that yeah. the Flyers? Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Like, oh. you type in the flyers to bleach a report, and the Dayton flyers show up. It's like, shut the <laughs> up. Come on, you know that I'm not searching this. Sorry.
3: Oh, Lord. Man, there's left? one. Wait till she finds out about the Kings and the Cardinals and, you know, all those other ones. Right. But, <laughs> but, right. So, uh, there, there's one player in particular I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on his performance so far this season, and it's Travis Sanheim. Uh, big topic of discussion. Uh, good, not really. Uh, bad mostly. So, uh, John, your assessment on the play of Travis Sanheim so far this season?
2: Um, <sighs> I'm trying to not be incredibly negative about this, but I don't really have much positive to say. I, You know, I feel like the most, I can't remember if it was on this show or if I heard it on high and wide, but it's like the most positive thing you hear about travis sanheim is when nobody's saying his name (laughs) it's like if nobody's saying his name he's having an okay game and and to me that's not a good sign uh i'm i'm really perplexed about the amount of money that he got over the offseason what is this organization seeing that we're not um i don't know i'm not impressed he just doesn't of all the people returning minus somebody else i think we're going to talk about later he's one that just doesn't seem to have gotten it together to the point that I thought he would have over the offseason when you look at how much everybody else has changed um, yes yeah, so somebody else take it Hoagie, go
1: ahead I mean we, we talked about sandheim going into the off season after after last I mean we were kind of hoping they would keep him on a short leash and that, that's not the case he's he's just kind of let go and it's 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 hurting us in the long run. I'm, I'm not a fan, and uh, I think they need to have they need to sit them down and go. You need to simplify your game, and right. we're putting you on a really really tight short leash until you figure it out. Because it's just not helping the, the defensive end whatsoever.
3: All right, Matt Casey. I
1: I also think it's a little bit of the product of
0: the environment. Um, and very specifically his partner. I'm a big Ristolainen fan. I know he missed the first couple games and missed some some preseason. I, On paper and from the optics, I really do like that pairing. I like Ristolainen. I think Sanheim does have some good complementary elements in there. I just haven't seen it come together in the way that we were hoping. Right. With that said, it's been, what, two games that they've been and probably three practices. And so... I'm not ready to jump on the Sanheim is, you know, it, this year's Nolan Patrick. I, I'm not ready to go there yet. Um, I want to see how this West Coast swing goes for a lot of different reasons. But one of the biggest things is, you know, Ellis Well, I, hopefully we get into this in a second. But Ellis, I'm like, wait, are you in? Or are you out? Like, how bad's your injury if it's just day to day? Like, you know, right. is there a bigger game in Florida? Like, what what's going on here? So we need that second pairing to be uh, really solid. And, and right now I haven't seen that, you know, the Ristolon and Sandheim pair be as solid as, as I was hoping to. But we're four games into this thing, so I'm right. not I'm not freaking out quite yet.
3: So I know you yet. said you're not freaking out yet, but let's just say for this West Coast road trip that Ryan Ellis does come back. Um, are you at all thinking about benching Sandheim to put in a guy like Seeler uh, just yet? I mean, obviously, it, it seems like a bit of a drastic move, but is it maybe something that, I mean, we've seen it before where players get benched, Konechny, Goss, Spare, you name it. I mean, guys have gotten benched just as a kind of a, a kick in the pants. Uh, do you think that's kind of what he needs? Do you think that that's uh, even on the table at this point, Matt Casey?
0: I, I don't think we're there quite yet. Um, I think... You know, if it goes 10 games and he just isn't producing and isn't, you know, if the best we say is we haven't said his name, that's that's not a good sign. We mm-hmm. don't want Sanheim for just his defensive prowess. He he has great offensive ability. If we don't get anything positive out of him, um, you know, 10, 15 games in, yeah, maybe a benching does help kick him in the butt and it's just say, hey. You're up in the press box, look at it from a different angle and see what goes from there. Uh, but I, I think we're too early for that right now. I, I this does you know, I wrote this down earlier that every game right now seems very magnified. And, right. you know, I know that we're you know, we're very in depth, just the four of us, as well as a lot of the people we interact with and our and our affiliates. But um, everything seems the stakes seem a lot higher. And um, I think that that's certainly the case for Sandheim um, more than anyone.
3: Sure. What do you think about that, Hoagie?
1: Um, you know, benching Sandheim in one of the two games coming up with this back-to-back, I think would probably be smart. I, I would like to see Sealer or somebody come in in replacement of it. I, I, I would As, only if Ellis is ready. If Ellis is good and can play, I wouldn't mind seeing Sandheim sit down against. Edmonton and then having him come back against the Vancouver game just to kind of have him sit there and, and think about the game and kind of see the systems from a from above not from the ice level it might help him you know you know I, you, I don't know what's going through his mind half the time because half the time I see him when you throw the puck in he's the only person at the blue line to go chase it I'm like what, what what where is everybody else why are you there I think they need to reel him back so that he can see the systems from a different different point of view yeah. John
2: Gove yeah I mean I, I'm kind of with Casey I, I think it's too early to be benching him I mean maybe see if you can limit his ice time before you bench him I you know I, I think one of the things with Sandheim and kind of my worry with a lot of young players when they come up is are they put in a role that they're just not built for right mm-hmm. it, is this guy a, put into a top four defensive role when he just isn't a top to, four defenseman And now, again, it's too early to figure that out. But I want to actually go back to Matt Casey's point where he said, you know, it seems like there's a lot riding on every single game. And you are 100 percent right. Every game feels like a playoff game. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. like with every loss in our minds, we're thinking, oh, God, what if this doesn't work out? Like Mm -hmm. we're just we are just picturing the sky falling. That this doesn't work out, and then where do we go? Because Chuck Fletcher just gave this thing a complete facelift. And if this doesn't work, where do we go from here? Is it another four? Are we all dead before the next time we get a Stanley Cup? You know? So I agree with you, Matt, where it's like, imagine what these players must be feeling. And it's like, for me, for most of the players, I, I sense that feeling, like we need to go out there and prove something different. I just don't get that from Sandheim. I just get this kind of coast it, you know, try to not be noticed. If I have an opportunity to do something great, maybe I'll take it, as long as, you know, the risk to reward thing, you know, measures out okay. I just don't – I don't know. What is that, a risk analysis? Sure, is that we'll what call that's it that. Called? A
0: SWAT analysis? Are you gonna SWAT analysis? Uh, SWAT analysis. SWAT analysis. I don't
2: know. I don't uh, know. Maybe I just need a completion call over here.
3: Well, you're you're complete in talking for the moment here, but uh, no, right. I think. Thank you, Doctor Bob. You're welcome. Uh, I think that we saw. I, I this one's tough because like I'm not completely against benching him for a game or so coming up here on the, the road trip to Canada. But at the same rate, I am kind of in line with how Matt Casey's thinking, where let him play maybe, you know, 10, 15 games, and then we'll see and kind of reassess. But, like, man, when that pass the other night came across the slot and he just let it go, didn't even chip it, didn't touch that puck, and led to that basically the game-winning goal, like, That was that was inexcusable to me. Uh, you have got to get your stick on that puck. You've got to at least redirect it and get it away from the guy who's right next to Hart who's going to jam it home. You know, that's that's Hockey 101 right, right there as a defenseman. you got to be able to do that. And that, to me, I don't know whether that's a fundamental thing, that he, it's just not clicking for him, or it's like, oh, man, you know, I'll get it next time. But, you know, is there going to be a next time? Should there be a next time? There will be a next time, I'm sure. Let's just hope that he learned from it. But I, you know, I don't know. Uh, Sandheim's. I, I want to hold out hope for him. And I think he can be a good defenseman. But, man, he's doing his damnedest right now to prove me wrong. <laughs>
0: right. So yeah. let me ask you this, though, because the other night, uh, last night, I guess, you know, we lost you know, the game winning goal was a shorthanded goal by the Panthers on a ill-advised pass by Keith Yandel on the power play and drew couldn't handle the two-on-one blah 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 mm-hmm. does yandel have a longer leash than sandheim does right now because if sandheim did that same thing we would be like bench this freaking clown right now get him out of here he's not bought into the system mm-hmm. yet i'm not saying that about yandel in any way shape or form and nor do i believe that but i don't know i feel like we're also doing a little
2: bit of like double standard um early in the season here we're not though or not. The resume is there with Yandel. Right. Right? There's a there's a giant rap sheet to look at with Keith Yandel. Okay. There, you don't have that to look at for Sandheim. At least that's the way I take it.
1: Yeah. The, but also, Sandheim's not going to be on the power play making that type of pass either. I'm not saying hypothetically, though. Not my? Come on. Come <laughs> Hypoth- uh, I'm not even going to get into take it. Take the mind.
0: Sharpie out of your head, right? Hypothetical.
3: <laughs> Come on, Sirianni. Cannot compute. <laughs> uh. Uh. Yeah, but, uh, hypothetically, you know, I'm just kidding. Again, I'm going to hold my tongue here because God knows what I'm about to say would have gotten us in trouble. But anyways, um, talking about another player who um, really isn't doing that well, Nicholas Albecu-Bell, or as I so eloquently put in our rundown, Nicholas Albecu-Back to the Miners. Uh, yeah, had to sneak that one in there, giving myself some credit there. It. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm gonna go to you, John, first. Your take mm-hmm. on Albay Bell. what needs to be done, what isn't being done, and just what? <laughs> Did Hoagie just cock a shotgun? What the
1: fuck?
2: <laughs> and then it didn't work. <laughs> what was that?
1: <laughs> got this, called it called a pop open freaking bottle caps and it doesn't work anymore I think
2: it's,
3: um, more I importantly to... did John just drop a second f-bomb
2: I think <laughs> I might have I was just a little I was really thrown off
3: there I'm losing Sorry. ink in my pen from writing down all the moments I've got to bleep out good god I mean that one was kind of whispered it was but I mean lord knows whoever's listening right now has this blared on their car radio and if their kid hears this we're done
2: right I'm gonna get fired <laughs> anyway um to me Abe Kubel is a completely different beast in Sandheim because this guy is nothing but a liability on the ice right now. He provides no positive. I mean, the, the dumb penalties this guy makes, just stupid plays on the ice, to me, just do send him down. And I mean, then the question is who do you put on, you know, replace him with anybody? It's like, yeah. I, I really feel like at this point, you're not losing anything by taking this guy out of the lineup. If he's not performing, <laughs> and he all he is is a liability, send him down.
3: You've got options at this point, too. Uh, just sitting up in the press box, Pat McEwen, right. or Pat Pat Brown and Zach McEwen. Zach McEwen's already in the lineup, but other guys in the minors, too. Wade Allison. Hoagie, what do you think on this uh, all vac situation? Allison. Well, when he gets healthy. Yeah, when Wade, he Wade gets Allison's healthy. Wade like losing a leg. When <laughs> he <laughs> <laughs> gets healthy,
2: pirate Wade, uh, are
3: yeah. are you gonna let hoagie talk or do i need to keep going on here
2: probably not didn't think so
1: hardy har har <laughs> hoagie um, so yeah the, knack just looks like a chicken with its heads cut off out there on the ice it's it's bad i the the nhl find him, the max amount of money for that knee last night they should have fined him like four games so that we didn't have to see him on the ice for the next four games because it's just brutal seeing him skate out there it he tries to do something productive offensively and it turns around and it's biting us in the butt on the, on the other end so i i think he's got to go and whoever whoever is a warm body to replace him on the fourth line i'm, I'm okay with at this right
3: mm-hmm. he's Averaging the second least amount of time on ice anyway. I mean, Christ, what are we missing there? Uh, Matt Casey, what are your thoughts? What is
1: it? What is it if, you can, if you He's have averaging
3: it? like a second under 10 minutes. And then Zach McEwen's at 834, but Zach McEwen's played two games. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I
0: think it's pretty clear that management and coaching sees the same concern that all of us see if they're picking up McEwen and Brown off right off of waivers and i i don't know the two of them from you know anyone else McEwen seems to have an amazing mustache which i care for and you know <laughs> zach, zach and brown patrick brown is that his name Pat brown, uh, yeah. chris brown yeah this chris poor brown. guy is going into that quarantine and then Lead can't role. travel with the team because he's you know they're going to canada and it's a 14 day versus a 10 day like that poor guy, you know, must be chomping at the bit at this point to to get on the ice. And then we have who's who's the other guy? Uh, Max Max Wilman. Wilman uh, the...
2: I think so, it, like, did he get sent back down yet? There's
0: options.
2: He did. I did. He got yeah.
0: sent back down. But like you know, he he played. I I think he played okay for the game or two that he was up. And so I think there's options there. I think the fourth line last night had some really really good moments. Mm-hmm. Like they they got the penalty that led to the Giroux goal they were actually in the zone they were they were forechecking they were doing a good job i'm just not convinced that the liability that uh nak brings uh is worth like we can get it from somebody else without the liability is what i'm getting at
3: at this point honestly and i know different positions here but like i'd take connor bunneman on the wing like connor bunneman is basically as safe as they come he's not flashy He's not going to get you these big goals. He's not even—he's just there, but he's not as much of a liability as Alba Cubell, you know. And sure, Alba Cubell's only got two minors so far on the season, but like, there's more to come. There will be more to come. He's going to make boneheaded decisions. Those penalty minutes are going to start accumulating, and we're going to be left sitting here thinking, "What in the world happened over the last two years?" Because what we saw two years ago. Was an all-BQ Bell that we thought was going to be a serviceable, if not solid, fourth line guy, and now it's just complete liability. You know,
0: I'll say though, like last night we had what seven penalties. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like that—that that can't happen. Like especially against <laughs> a game, a, a team like Florida, who is you know playing really peak performance four games in or five games into the season. That that can't happen, and. You know, he did not get all seven penalties. There were other people getting those penalties. So I just think in general, the penalties and just the bonehead penalties, like the stupid stuff, like look at the puck over the ice, over the glass in the defensive zone, the bench miners, like things like that. Like they Nate just Thompson
3: get... taking off Hornquist's head, which was absolutely worth it.
1: Listen, <laughs> for Thompson to do that, we didn't see that at all last year, so I'm happy someone's actually doing it. They're protecting their goaltender, which needs to happen. I'm fine mm-hmm. with that. Though. Who cares at that point?
3: <laughs> and it's Hornquist. I mean, hey.
1: <laughs> we still hate him.
3: <laughs> yeah, guy's just a dick, so so be it. Um, any lasting thoughts, then, on uh, the play of this past week? Anything you guys want to bring up real quick before we move on?
0: I'll, I'll say, how, how concerned are you guys about, Jesus, um, what the hell's his name? Alice. I mean, I, uh, we're, we're four games into the season. Like we're we're four games in. He's taking maintenance days and missing games. Like
2: mm-hmm.
0: I don't know how this guy is gonna last an 82 game season and God willing, some some pen, uh,
2: some uh, playoff time. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the idea of any injury, though, Casey. To me, at this point, I feel like I have like a relative that I really love is about to die. Like that's the feeling that I get whenever I. Hear him. I'm just like, oh no, please don't. <laughs> Like no, come on! We have, there's so much promise here, <laughs> you know. Just I, want to I go play volleyball like, with you one more time.
0: Well, on paper, on paper, we're so good. It's like, but it's on the ice. Like that's what freaking matters. And like right now, Ellis. Now I'm like, oh man, did we just get swindled on that trade? Did Myers? Did we no just way. get swindled
1: because this guy's I mean, not dude, playing? Dude, he
2: could play 15 games, and we probably still would have won that.
3: <laughs> Phil Myers <laughs> is a he healthy catches,
1: scratch. Well, yeah. Patrick has one goal in, what, five games? And freaking pa- uh, Myers That's an improvement is... for him. Well, that's 25% yeah. of his production right there. So.
3: He's got more goals than he's cracked smiles on the ice the entire time he's been in Vegas.
1: He could smile when he scored.
3: No, he never Did will ever that? again.
1: Yeah. He seems like a terrible
3: Like the day boy who lost his smile, Nolan like, Patrick. Just like a guy we don't want to go out to dinner with.
1: He doesn't date, he just sits in his apartment just like on his phone, just like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. "Uh, I don't want to. (laughs) That's like
3: those terrible Tinder dates you see where people are out to eat and it's just literally someone sitting there on their phone not smiling, not doing anything. That's Nolan Patrick. Nolan Patrick will just sit there on his phone.
2: He Tinders all night long and then when it comes to the date, he's like, oh, you know, I'm actually not feeling
1: really well. Um, So I'm not going to make it tonight.
3: Want to come over and make me a ham and cheese sandwich?
1: (laughs) you want a Netflix and show... (laughs) You <laughs> know
3: no, that one, would...
0: Ellis? For God's sakes. Okay,
3: <laughs> Ryan Ellis. I'm a little concerned, but at the same rate, like it's just one game. Now, if he misses this next game, little more concerned. I'm gonna give him a little bit of a longer leash, but at the same rate, it's definitely something to keep an eye on. If he's gonna miss, you know, multiple games in a row, especially. Yeah, anybody? I mean, yeah, anybody else? Anybody? I,
2: like I said, any, any injury news, I get concerned.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. and I, I truthfully
1: mean that yeah Hoagie. but I mean kind of all uh, nervous about Ellis when we traded for him because he hasn't really skated a complete season in a while so I mean the injuries don't be there it's an it's a NHL season I'm used to it I'd rather it happen now and then take care of it now than come March or April when we're going into the playoffs if we're even there so
3: That's a good point he's got both shoulders so hey whatever yeah right. yeah no uh so i figured this would be a good time to uh talk about affiliates as well we want to mention that our affiliates over at flyers high and wide jim jack kyle johnny there's josh there's tom i mean there's a lot of guys over there but incredible guys awesome stuff podcasts written work as well uh and then our guys over at five minute major too, uh david mastro two awesome guys bringing you news every week just like us um wanted to bring those guys up real quick before I forgot because I always do forget, and I'm an idiot. Um, yep. That's not breaking news. But, John, I want to go to you here real quick because we're nearing the end of the show. Uh, before we get to Hoagie's dad joke and you ruin the show by explaining it, I want you to actually add something wife of doesn't value.
2: Think I, uh, your wife doesn't think that I ruined the show by explaining it. If Just, you mention uh, my
3: wife again, I will drive to New York and kill you.
2: Bring it. Let's do it. Careful. He, he he lives
0: in a in a. In a I will hide in that crack, crack, crack den. I will
3: hide in that crack den and wait for you to leave for the five a.m. train tomorrow morning.
2: <laughs> show up, and be like, "Hey Av, what are you doing here?" <laughs>
3: like, "Hey pal, heard what you said on the podcast."
2: <laughs> no, all right. so in all seriousness, I was um I was looking at some prospect numbers and I was looking at point totals. Which I thought was really interesting, because if you look at some of the, the point totals for Flyers prospects so far this season, you have Connor McLennan leading the way with 14 points so far this year. He was a sixth round pick. Then you have Owen McLaughlin, who was the seventh round pick from last year. He's second with 11 points. Then you got Emil Andre, right? He's second round pick. But Elliot Denoyer has eight points this season. Bryce Bradinsky has four goals already in six games. And it really just got me thinking about point production and, and prospects because I think it's really one of those things, and I know this isn't the first time I've said this, but it's it's really one of those things where it's really deceiving. I mean, you look at a guy like Connor McLennan who could potentially win the scoring title in the WHL this year. I mean, but so could like five other people on that Winnipeg Ice team because they're Unreal. But he most likely will never crack the NHL lineup. I mean, you ask another moron who pretends like he knows what he's talking about with prospects and he'll make it seem like he's a top line guy. But it's just really interesting because who the hell is Owen McLaughlin, right? like He's going to be a
3: household name apparently. (laughs)
2: Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't even pay this guy any attention, but you go on elite prospects, you're like, holy crap, guy's got 11 points already. So it's just one of those things where you cannot allow somebody's points in their junior years or whatever developmentally help, you know, dictate what you think they're going to do professionally because there's so much involved in it. You know, you look at Connor McLennan, who's playing for an amazing team right now. I mean, they're essentially an all-star team on their top six. Where when you when that happens, the points are are going to pile up. I mean, I think there's four games where the Winnipeg Ice have scored like ten goals oh already God. this year. Like, if that happens, yeah, you're going to see a lot of points. So, I, I I mean, I wish you guys would get a little bit more involved in this conversation because I do feel like I'm just talking to myself. But it, it just is an interesting thing to see.
3: I've fallen victim to it. Like where, you know, when I was trying to delve into the prospects, which was an ill-advised decision on my part, um, I looked at point totals. And I think a prime one to bring up would be Igor Serduk when we drafted him out of Victoriaville. And I remember thinking like, oh, man, like first year in juniors, he was like a point per game player. Like this guy could be something. And they don't even bring him back, and they don't even sign him to an ELC. So it's like, obviously, they saw something that apparently I didn't, which is good that I'm not working for the team. <laughs> because I've been like, oh my god, sign him to a $7 million a year contract. Why the hell not? There's two other guys on the team that
2: have it. Well, and it's like this. We're all like, okay, Connor McLennan's putting up points. So I, I can give you a bigger name of a guy who put up a lot of points in junior – who might not make the NHL roster? Morgan Stanley Frost, my friends. Freaking. You guys lit are on a middle up. name basis? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, freaking lit up the OHL, right? I mean, oh. I've, I fell victim to that. And now you're looking at did. a guy who might be a fringe NHLer, if mm-hmm. that. I think
0: I think in that case and, and in a lot of these cases, it's like you look at the the point totals on there and you're like, OK, we're just thinking of these guys as scoring or assist right. guys in there. I look at somebody like Scott Lawton and I don't have his numbers in front of me, but I think he he banged up the juniors pretty, pretty yeah, well. Yeah. Like he he was a stud. Fantastic. Joshua. he is not a top six forward. In the NHL, he found a different role for himself in the NHL. And I think that's, like, the X factor that you see in here. It's, like, there's only going to be so many guys who are complete studs who come out and actually, like, make an impact on the score sheet on a night-in and night-out basis. There might be many more guys who are out there grinding the hell away exactly. and, like, having to take punches and, like, doing all that stuff. And so I think that's, uh, you know, a fair point by you that it's, like, you, know, you want to see just the flashy name and the headline in there, but going into the prospect pool, you got to look look
2: a lot deeper. And there's the what else factor too, right? What else do they provide? Right. Because if it's just points, it's not going to work out. And, Hobie, right. I know you're trying to say something, buddy.
1: I I want to get on my boy Lawton. I mean, Casey, yeah, he, he lit up in juniors. I, fo- I followed Lawton because he was drafted when I graduated high school, and I thought I was like that's my guy, same age, I'm just going to ride with him. My number's 21, he's 21, let's go. Yeah, he lit it up in juniors, He and we all expected him to be like a top six type of guy for the Flyers. At that at that time when he was trying to make that transition, we were clogged up in the top six, top nine. And we tried to get it to work, and it, it couldn't. So we had to reinvent his game per the Flyers. I was like, this isn't working, we got to reinvent it. Let's send it to, to Lehigh Valley. And... That paid dividends for his game. That's why he's a night in, night out, top nine, bottom uh, six guy that is cranking it up every night. So, I mean, when guys are lighting it up in the juniors and I'm seeing these points from whoever and wherever they're playing, I could care less. Because if their play isn't transitioning to the NHL, AHL, who cares? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's, That's my thought on it.
3: Well, we've seen it for so long. I mean, we've seen all these prospects that the Flyers have drafted. Doesn't matter what round, you know, and they're putting up these just gaudy point totals. And we're like, oh, my God, he's the next Claude Giroux. Oh, my God, he's the next Sean Couturier. Like, great two-way game, yada, yada, yada. Doesn't matter. It's about how it translates. And, I mean, honestly, and, you know, I hate the fact that I'm going to do this. But, like, that's why I trust John and his judgment on this type of stuff. Because he does follow this and he does, you know, do the research. And I trust somebody like that to keep me informed as to whether Elliot Desnoyers is going to be the perennial all-star that everyone makes him out to be. Or if he's just going to be a serviceable bottom six guy.
1: And the
2: fact that he'll be that, Mm -hmm. I mean, is something more than most players are going to get. Sure. Like when you watch Elliot Denoyer play, right? He has those intangibles where you could go, all right, you know what? I can see this guy playing in the NHL, right? I can see what he's doing, translating to the NHL. Can I see that goal that he just scored translating? Eh, probably not. But the other things he's doing, it works, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what you need to look for. And I'm a firm believer that teams don't really look at your production, they look at what else you bring and go, maybe I can make a scorer out of this guy, mm-hmm. you know. But that's not the be-all end-all for any scout or organization, in my mind.
0: Mm-hmm. Sure. Let, let me ask you this, John since since you're since you're so knowledgeable and Derek has given you, uh, you know, his I'd pumped his, his, his tires enough. In. Come on, Has <laughs> <laughs> as fluffed your nads enough here, but <laughs> say, that's that's Jesus Christ, <laughs> um. If more Is Morgan Frost still the top call-up that we have from a scoring forward standpoint? Now, I'm not talking the Max Wilmans and the, and the fourth liner guys. Right. Is he still the guy?
2: I feel like he has to be. Um, but I do think that Tyson Forrester might not be far behind him. And I feel like Sam, Samu Tulamala is not far behind him as well. I really, I've been diving deep on Morgan Frost recently, and I went back and watched some of his old junior highlights and things like that. And you look at how this guy scored goals. It's mainly fast breaks or just crazy separation. Nobody is on him.
1: Mm-hmm. He's
2: got all the room in the world to let a shot off, right? When is that happening?
1: Right. You know,
2: when is that happening?
1: Everybody can catch him.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. So. You know, I I do think for right now, Casey he is just because now no one else is kind of developed enough is kind of at that spot. But I do think he'll be surpassed. Mm-hmm.
3: Wonderful. I I like doing this because it does keep me informed. Because like Hoagie said, like I really just I don't follow prospects enough, and it's because I'm more focused on the Flyers. But at the same rate, it's nice to know what they have, you know, in the cupboard uh thanks ron hextall but anyways um <laughs> so uh,
2: we're right Chuck Fletcher over. might be better at this by the way than ron I'm, hextall just saying just have i'm a not person. gonna Sam
3: argue person. all right <laughs> uh, anyway yes yeah, so we're about an hour in and hoagie you need to hit us with your dad joke before john goes ahead and ruins the episode by explaining that dad joke
1: Listen, when I, when I saw the not-so-updated rundown, I got kind of got a little sad that there wasn't going to be a dad joke.
2: <laughs> it's so, just like it was cut without you being told. Yeah,
1: man. I, was like, I was like, man, was our, our conversation really that, like, that Change
3: 1,000. No more dad jokes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. So what does garlic do when it gets hot? It takes its cloves off.
2: Ooh, play on words. See, because because the garlic has cloves, and you peel it. So you, you peel it. You get. The...
3: What what what? You what didn't even properly with, explain it. it? Our lives here? You That's didn't incredible. even properly explain it.
2: I don't know. I don't do much with garlic.
3: Between the two Except of you, Hoagie's better than vampires. Job. You should cook with it every now and then. It's delicious. <laughs> oh,
2: Unless it's in the can. I, I don't really have to deal with it.
3: Matt Casey, before you die of boredom, uh, let everybody know where they're going to be able to find you.
0: <laughs> what, do you have an exhaust pipe I can suck on? <laughs> Jesus Christ!
2: Hey, the fact that I'm churning out that kind of emotion to you, Casey, makes me feel good inside. At least I'm bringing something to the table.
0: Oh man! Like, just put me on. Put me as an extra on Alec Baldwin's next set. Oh,
1: for shit. God's sake! Oh no! Too oh, soon. It's
3: like 48 hours. Oh, my oh. goodness. Oh, it's not even cold
2: yet. Uh. <laughs> okay, we need to go At now. Pot Street, Casey. Thank you. <laughs> I'll be here next week, same time, same place. Maybe. We'll
3: see. We might not be here. <laughs> Hoagie, hurry.
1: <laughs> Pot Street Hoagies. <laughs> Uh, just find me and, uh, jinxing everything for flyers for the next, uh, for foreseeable future. Thanks.
3: Yeah. Way to go. You suck. John, give your spiel quick. Hurry. God damn it.
2: Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. You can find us on all those podcast things, uh, for now, <laughs> by, by next, by next week, you're just going to find us on like pod dot UK slash underground.
1: We'll by- be back. Muncher. <laughs> right. yeah. Pod, Pod muncher, we're back on Pod Muncher, baby. Won't
2: even want us. Alec Baldwin <laughs> owns Pod Muncher, so plot twist.
3: <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm Pod Street Bob. John's Pod Street Gove. We're the Pod Street Bullies at Pod ST Bullies, and um, hopefully until next week, <laughs> I'll leave you as I've always no. left you with a "Let's Go
2: Flyers." Bye now.
1: <laughs> See ya.
2: Bang bang.